Let me get a uh, a corn dog to go. From our corner to yours, this is the Corn Dog Corner. Hey guys, welcome back to the Corn Dog Corner. I'm back here with uh, myself, Aaron Courtney, and my co-host Zach Kerbo. What it do? So, uh, like everybody else, we're sort of hunkered up in our house right now because of all the coronavirus stuff going around. So we decided to start a new uh, segment uh, where we're going to play different games and talk about different topics while doing so. And what we're going to do, we're starting out with one of our favorite games to play at home, uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2012. And uh, we play this a lot because we actually play golf in real life a whole lot. It's one of our favorite like summertime hobbies. It's great. Yes, it. it is. And uh, so we like to do it at home when it's not, you know, super great outside or we're not allowed to go anywhere like right now. And uh, golf's not something that a lot of people play, but we enjoy for various reasons. I actually got into it uh, because I enjoyed like the math of it originally, having to figure out different shots and things like that. And um, being outside, you know, just doing something really low stress, really relaxing, really was a good way to spend my time. Now we're uh, starting up at the Royal Melbourne course up in our uh, game right now. We've never actually played this one before, so this should be interesting. Curious to see how this one goes. Yes. Now, I, uh, my thing with golf wasn't wasn't necessarily because I like the math and stuff behind it. Mine was mostly my dad. Like he he always played it a lot uh, when I was growing up and. He always had a whole bunch of like trophies and stuff like that, like in the house, and it was always like first place and second place. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I want to be like my dad." Nice. But then we like never actually went out and played, and so I I kind of started taking it upon myself. I'm like, "All right, I'm just gonna go buy my own clubs and do it," because you know my dad's not gonna take me out. Oh, that was no. Okay, I'll take that in the middle of the fairway, but. No, it was just always something that, like, I wanted to do because I, I loved that, you know, my dad could, like, go to work, but instead of being at work, he was playing around to golf. And I, I'm like, that's cool. I want that life. Yeah, initially, my grandpa was the one that got me into it. Um, he was a big garage sale person. Mm-hmm. And golf clubs, as a lot of garage sale people know, is one of the most common things you find at a garage sale. So... He ended up just getting some at his house and um, found some left-handed clubs because I'm left-handed. And he's like, hey, you should try this out. They were really cheap. Uh, I have a lot of land. You can hit some golf balls around. And that's initially how I got into it. And once I started to figure out, you know, different shots and things like that, I really got into it. Uh, he started finding more clubs for me. Um, I got, uh, actually, I got like a children's set of clubs when I was like 9 or 10 as a Christmas gift. And when you get something like that as a gift, it's really cool. It really makes you want to do it more. See, my dad had a bunch of uh, old golf clubs that always sat out in the garage. He had his own, and uh, I just saw those out there, and I kept being like, well, why can't I just take those? All those, I don't think those clubs would be good for you. And eventually I was like, well, fine. So it was actually when when you and me were in the dorms, and Uh we bought those Wilsons. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Tidbit of information. Uh, Me and Kerbo lived together um, at OU our freshman year in the dorms, and we both were wanting to upgrade our clubs a little bit. So we went to our local academy 
uh, sports and outdoors store and they had some clubs that fit both of us they were right-handed and left-handed they were what like a hundred dollars yeah they were like extremely cheap i mean i don't even know i mean the fact that i'm still playing with them (laughs) oh yeah you are i I don't i don't want to be but you know the clubs are expensive i think it came with like a set of irons some hybrids oh Uh, oh, oh, yeah oh dang Kerbo was Sorry. putting, and he got it really close and almost made it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it came with, like, a bag. It was a pretty much, like, the perfect setup when you're starting to first upgrade all of your stuff. We used those clubs for together for, like, a long time. And then I eventually, uh, after freshman year, I started working at Dick's Sporting Goods as a golf club salesman, so I started getting more <laughs> I forgot clubs after that. that. <laughs> it was an interesting time. Didn't you tell me that, like, at one point you could, like, hear the canes uh, drive through people in your headset? Oh, yeah. So, um, when you work at a place like that and it's, like, a big store, sometimes you have an earpiece and it's set to, like, a radio frequency. So, I'd be in the middle of my shift, you know, doing my thing, selling all the clubs that I could. And there was a Raising Canes right next to our location. And uh, sometimes they would end up on the same frequency as us. And I could hear people ordering their stuff and, you know, how much it was and all the different employees talking to each other. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I, I can just imagine if it were me, I'd be like, yeah, let me, uh, let me, let me check on that. I'm sorry we're out of that, sir. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, that was my shot. I ended up in the rough. But yeah, um, I actually got a lot of my current equipment when I was working there because I got, you know, firsthand dibs most of the time if things didn't sell because since I'm left-handed not a lot of people were buying left-handed stuff and I ended up you know snatching all that stuff up because it was just sitting there collecting dust and it was all good stuff so I decided to buy it now uh, Kerbo you mentioned wanting to get some new clubs in the near future which ones were you thinking of getting I'm looking at the uh, Callaway Diablo Edge so for anyone that's not super familiar with golf, uh, Callaway is one of the leading uh, brands, and he already has a driver, which is like the biggest club in the bag that matches that, so he wants to get his clubs to be a little bit more uniform. Yeah, I remember when that driver was like the one to have. It's the Callaway Diablo Octane. Uh Oh, I'm <laughs> going to hit somebody. Heads up. Oh, right in the... <laughs> oh, yeah, right in the nards. That's, that's unfortunate. Um... But no, I remember at one point the Sports Animal, which is a radio channel uh, for sports talk, and they were like giving one, it was like driver a day in the month of May. I'll never forget it. And they were giving away the uh, Callaway Diablo Octanes. Uh, And I was like, oh man, that sounds like a really cool driver. And then I just went to a golf store one day and it was on sale and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get it. And it's been my favorite driver. Like, I've hit a bunch of different drivers. Um, I got those virtual driving ranges and stuff like that. And I just, I don't know. Something about the Callaway that just, it's got a sweet spot that feels great when you hit it right. You mentioned virtual driving ranges. As soon as uh, I go off and, like, own my own house and stuff, I really want to create one of those in in an extra room or, like, the garage or something. Because it's golf at home anytime you want it yeah um because it can it's just like the driving range you can practice your shots uh you can play on different courses sometimes which is really cool um so like you know if it's the middle of winter 
and you have a course that's close to you that's kind of famous that, that might be on there, you can play it, and it's like you're right there. Let's see. Oh, that's your shot. Yeah, no, that's me. I'm not very confident in this shot, but we'll... Uh... Oh, my caddy didn't help me at all. Hello. Oh. No. Nope, underplayed the break. He missed about like a foot just now. That's one of the most frustrating things, I think, because when it's like right there, it's like, oh, I could have just hit a little bit harder. Well, in this game, doesn't oh, make... It, I did the same thing. <laughs> they don't make the putting very easy in this game because it's like they just give you a big circle and they're like, here, aim so somewhere out. in this area and you might get it in. There That's all right, I'll still take par on that. One of my favorite things about this game, if you're listening to the audio-only version of this, you won't see this, but um, are the characters in this game, they don't pick up their ball out of the hole when they're done. <laughs> they just keep on walking. Yeah, it's like they wave to the crowd, and then they walk like into the crowd. I can't imagine how expensive that would be. <laughs> like, just leaving a ball each hole. That's 18 balls that you're just leaving on the course. I mean... It's like the Easter Bunny, but for golf. Right. You get a TaylorMade. You get uh, a Callaway. Uh, you get a Nike. Rip Nike. Oh, yeah. No, my, most of my clubs and my equipment for a long time was Nike stuff. So uh, they stopped making like clubs and balls and a bunch of different stuff back like a few years ago, I think. So I was heartbroken to see that they stopped. That's why I stick with Callaway. They're not going anywhere. Oh, no, they're not. Let's see. I wonder if Adidas is ever going to make like any clubs or anything. I can't imagine Adidas doing anything like that. They're uh, they're like a soccer company. That's true. They're huge into soccer and like running and things like that. I was never into either of those things. I'm not played, a runner. I'm not a soccer player. I played soccer a lot. Uh, Little League. That's your shot, by the way. Oh, that's, oops. Gosh, pay attention, Aaron. <laughs> I try. No. Um... I played soccer a lot growing up. I I played soccer in the fall, and then baseball. No, 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 baseball in the spring, soccer in the. I don't know. I can't remember. I always played baseball and soccer, Um, and uh, soccer was a a lot of fun to me. And I remember I attempted it once in high school. I was on the team for like a week. Oh, I I didn't know that. Yeah, and then I was like, "Nah, band's more important." Holy crap, I really underplayed that break. Yeah, so all the different sports I played, let's see. I, my very first one was T-ball when I was like four or five years old. Uh, played up at Oklahoma Community College, Oklahoma City Community College. Uh, then I played basketball there when I was seven. Never scored a single point because my seven-year-old brain told me that I had to be a good teammate and pass it to my uh teammates that pass it to me so i never actually shot the whole season that was kind of how i was in soccer i was always uh passing it to other people i was never like i think i scored like two or three goals like my entire time because i always like played defense i was never on the front lines i Uh was never i was never like playing offense it was just when the ball comes over here just get it away from our goal like that was my only objective so, the the few times I scored a goal was great. I think I yeah I played soccer before basketball actually. You played basketball? What? You played basketball? Yeah. I don't know why I didn't know that. I played in middle school, and my first time was up at O Triple C, 
when I was seven, but I also played uh, soccer in my local rec league back when I lived in Yukon. And um, I played one season. Our team only won two games against the same team because we played some teams the same, uh, like you know, more than one time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we lost every single game besides that. Ooh. And I quit after that year because I didn't really like it. I mean, soccer's a good sport. I just wasn't very good at it. Oh, I mostly just stayed because of the snacks because our team got real good snacks. We got like the Capri Suns and like. Uh, what else did we get? High C's, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, made losing not so bad, I guess. Yeah, there was always that one mom that was like in charge of bringing snacks. That was the best part of playing soccer because you got snacks after the game. I got snacks in my bag. <laughs> and then I played baseball. Uh, my, I think it was in, like fourth grade. I played for two years. Right. Um, we were the Braves because our league, like you were named after like actual MLB teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite, <laughs> back to snacks, my favorite part was we got a little like drink ticket for the concession stand afterwards. Mm-hmm. And our entire team um, did the thing where you put like all the drinks in one drink. Oh, yeah. The just suicides. to see what, yes, just to see what it would taste like. We did it every time. I don't know why, because looking back, that tasted real bad. Mm-hmm. But then I eventually, um, right around that, uh, then is when I got into golf. And then I tried out my middle school year, 7th and 8th grade years, when you could play sports. It was the only sport in the entire school where you had to try out to even be on the team. Which made it very unfortunate for me, because I was not good in middle school. Mm-hmm. So I ended up not making the team both years. But 8th grade year, uh, we had two days of tryouts. And I made the second... Made the second day. So I knew I was getting better at least. But I was kind of sad I didn't get to play in middle school. Yeah. But luckily, like uh, Kerbo mentioned earlier, I was in bands. I'm now a band director. So I'm glad I ended up going the music route instead of sports. Uh, yeah. Sports is more of a hobby now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same for you, right? That's pretty much how it is. Um, I mean, I never really got into baseball, even though I. Uh, even though I played it growing up, uh, that's that's not gonna make it. Yeah, that didn't make it. I didn't think so. <coughs> oh, excuse me, but um, now the other sport that I played that not a lot of people know is uh, bowling. Bowling was my thing. Oh yeah, I think you have a bowling ball in like the closet, don't you? I've got two of them. Actually. You have two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, bowling was just one of those things. Still your shot, by the way. Oh, dang. Um, bowling was one of those things that I really enjoyed because it was there's there's a such a fine skill behind bowling. Like it's some people think it's just as simple as we're gonna throw this ball down the lane and if we knock over all the pins at once, like <laughs> all right, that's cool. But a game like of luck. Yeah, but it, it, there's such a science behind it. Like we had practice once a week. Um, and like they were constantly setting up like these little, uh, these little contraptions. Like, so imagine if you're looking down the lane, um, of a, uh, of a bowling alley, a bowling lane, um, there was like a PVC pipe, like stand that they would like the feet sat in the gutters and it like bridged across. And there was like this little arrow thing, like hanging down. And they would be like, all right, we're going to move the arrow to different spots on the lane. 
and we need you to hit that arrow with your ball. You know, don't worry about the pins that are being knocked down. Work on hitting that arrow. Targeting was a big thing. We had to work on all that kind of stuff, and uh, it, it just, I kind of like what you talked about earlier. You got into golf because you, like, enjoyed the math and, and stuff behind, like, calculating your shots. Right. That's kind of how I am with bowling. Like, it's more than just throwing a ball down the lane like i'm calculating you know my the amount of hook that i'm putting into a shot and like you know if you look at a bowling lane there are it's made up of a whole bunch of different like small pieces of wood like small boards is what they're called Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to use those boards to determine where you line up before you start walking you know up to the lane uh you know where you're going to throw your ball there's just there's so much behind it that not a lot of people realize, and that that was so fascinating to me. That and I was also halfway decent. I mean, I wasn't good, and I'm not saying that I'm good, but I was halfway decent. So it was fun because I was actually like on the varsity team. I was. Was like, this at school? Yeah, this was. There was a bowling team for school. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, we new every day. All three of the Edmond High schools had them. UConn had one. Um, There were all. There were uh, there were all kinds of schools that had bowling teams, and we were in tournaments all the time. But I was like in the starting five. So like when you're playing on a team, you you mostly play what's called Baker style where basically there are five people that are in charge of different shots. So, like, um, I would be in charge of the second frame and the sixth frame. Okay, so they, like, fragment it out pretty much? Yeah, so, like, there's one person that does the first frame, and I'm, I'm sorry, he does the first frame and the sixth frame. I would do the second and the seventh, so I only do the third and the eighth. And, okay. and then the person who did the fifth and the tenth frame, they were known as the anchor. Gotcha. And they were usually the best person on the team. Okay. Like, you, you always shot to be the anchor on the team. I was never that good. But the fact that I was just in the starting five, like, that was just exciting to me because band was always my thing growing up so like actually being on a team and being considered a starter that was just like really exciting to me and bowling was just really fun like i don't know something about it it just it's exciting to me but meaning to get back into it yeah bowling and golf now that you say all that stuff it seems like they're really similar like on the you know on the surface is you know throw a ball down a lane or hit a ball you know use a club to hit a ball down the fairway yeah but then there's a lot more that goes into it which you know that's that's really why people stay in those sorts of things because it's so you know detailed oriented and that really keeps a lot of people engaged i think right and you know that's how you get better too because there's a lot of things that you know we're wanting to get better at every year when we go out to the course and everything you know, that could just be fundamentals or it could be, you know, shot shape, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get it to, you know, get, go exactly where you want to go and everything instead of just let's hit the ball and see what happens. Yeah. Like, that's why I want to hit someone in the leg. Oops. Oh, <laughs> my leg. <laughs> that SpongeBob. Fred, my leg. Oh, is that? Wait, did he have a name? Well, he was like an Internet proclaimed named guy. Like, oh, okay. 
the show didn't name him that. Did he really? My caddy just gave me a custom shot off the tee box. Yeah, slight tangent here. This game has like a live caddy that it, you know, it helps you figure out shots and things. Uh, sometimes if you're playing a new course like we're doing today, he doesn't know what to do. And he just says, oh, I got no shot for you. Figure it out. And it always frustrates me and Kerbo when we play this game. Because uh-huh. if you don't know what you're doing, you're just going to blow right into the winds. Just like we were talking about a second ago. It's like, just hit the ball and see what happens. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, that's your shot. Oh. But yeah, I think this year, um, what I really want to get down into my game is just, you know, hitting more consistent shots. Because me and Carbo are infamous for just hitting it and then it goes like, you know, left or right or behind us or whatever it does. Yeah, there's no there's no consistency to any of our shots and it kills me. The thing is, there's potential there. Like, we'll be we'll hit the occasional, like, super great shot. And then, like, you know, we want to replicate that. But I think this year we really need to focus on getting more consistent shots and feeling good swings and getting that down once we're able to get back out. Because I think uh, our local course is actually closed now because of all the coronavirus stuff. We thought it was open, but I have drive drove by it the last two days. And, there's and no one's out. on the course, which is very unfortunate because I want to get out there. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I was really looking forward to getting out and playing around the golf. Because like, like we said, we just use it as a way to, you know, relax for a couple hours. Some people do that with like hunting and stuff, but just, you know, getting out into even simulated nature like a golf course, not having to worry about anything else, but just hitting the ball. It's real nice. Speaking of hunting, if you want to go boar hunting, <laughs> we can just find us a couple guns. I'm, I got people. I got it. <laughs> you got people? What does that mean? I got. I know a lot of people that own guns. Okay, that's what you meant. I personally don't own guns big enough to take down boars. I own guns. Where would we enough. do this at? How do my grandparents land? Okay, they've got an infestation of uh, wild hogs. Infestation of hogs. Yeah, like that's usually bad. a word that goes with like insects. Yeah, not no wild it, animals. It's like a massive infestation of wild hogs are tearing up the land. Is it, like, directly on their land? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And they're basically considered a pest. Exterminate them any way possible. So, I've got family members planning trips out there on how we're going to, like, oh. on how we're going to, like, take care of the hogs. Perry and Sev, uh, my really good friends. Um, Perry, actually, from uh, from Walk and Talk podcast. Y'all should check that out on your uh, local streaming uh, podcast uh, <laughs> service. Um, walk and talk. W O K. Walk and talk. Cause they're Asian. But anyways, sorry. <laughs> ran, random tangent. But uh, oh, that's that's something that they that they like pride themselves on. They say we're two Asians living in the middle of America. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we were good friends with Perry in college, and we're we're still up, you know contacting him as much as we can right now. Especially with all this going on, Kerbo's talking to him like every day. It seems like. Yeah. But they're like they're really wanting to go out and take care of these hogs. Like Sev texts me, like at least once a week. So we trying to take down those hogs. <laughs> he's like, from like a small town, isn't he? So yeah. he's, he probably did a lot of that stuff. He doesn't yeah. strike me as the type that would want to go hunt for some reason. He's not. Sev is an experience seeker. He just wants to experience something 
just to say he did it. That makes sense. And so he just wants to go out and take down hogs just so he can say that he, that he shot did. a wild animal. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, it's a good way to live. Like, yeah. I mean, you can eat them. So that's true. That's where bacon comes from, after all. No. Oh, did you? Oh, that's my shot. <laughs> I got another one of those custom shots where he was too lazy to tell me what to do. Let's see here. Um. I'm going to go against my own advice and just hit it and see what happens. Oh, that was terrible. That didn't even get what halfway. What did you do? I don't know what I did. It got halfway to the hole. That was, was awful. That was the biggest choke shot I think I've ever seen you do. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful. I normally pride myself in this game for pretty consistent shots, unlike real life, but that was not good. So where do your grandparents live? Uh, they live down in Sulphur. Uh, oh, I knew. So, yeah, about about an hour south of Norman. Okay. Um, Don't they have, like, isn't that where Turner Falls is? Turner Falls is in Davis. Davis. Yeah. Get that uh, that entire area mixed up, unfortunately. Yeah, they're, they're very close to each other. Ignore my dog drinking water in the background. <laughs> she's very loud. And she's going to start coughing, too. Soon, soon as she's done. Let's see. There you go. Like clockwork. She has a partially paralyzed larynx. She can't help it. Would you stop drinking water? You're gonna she just wants up. to be hydrated. Well, I, I understand she wants to be hydrated. She, if she doesn't slow down, she's going to throw up. Gotta slow down. <laughs> Big chungus. <laughs> Okay, we're closing in on the front nine here. Oh, wow. See, just like that. <laughs> I don't know how much you can hear that from Kerbo's microphone, but... Oh, no, they could hear it. They, they definitely that's your could shot. hear it. It was, a, uh, it was a beautiful sound. I'm listening to the audio feedback live, so... <laughs> I, I'm making sure everything is good to go. Considering this is our pilot episode, anything can happen. So I'm doing what I can to try and monitor audio levels and stuff. So hopefully it sounds good on y'all's end. Um, we will get better. I mean, yes, we're looking into getting a headphone splitter. We should have had one of those before this episode, but we didn't think about it until right before. Yeah, we we're gonna upgrade our system a lot. I actually, speaking of upgrading. Um, last night, my 2012 MacBook fell off of my bookshelf because I was doing some online brass lessons and it like, I was closing my laptop and it fell. So I had to buy a new laptop this morning, which we're actually recording our game footage on. Got the Acer Nitro 5, which is a really good uh, laptop for its price. It has a NVIDIA 1650, right? Is mm -hmm. that what I said? Yeah. Which is really nice. A uh, terabyte hard drive. I'm, I was just glad I was able to replace the thing pretty much the next day, even though there was curbside pickup. I had to do all my shopping on my phone the night before. Yeah, that's the annoying thing, because I really enjoy going into Best Buy and letting Best Buy tell me what I need to buy. <laughs> They're very good at that. Yeah, they will tell they, you exactly what you need slash want. Yeah. It's your shot. Oh, yeah, it is. Um. Yeah, no, Best Buy's really bad about that. There's Slash there's a, good about that. 
yeah, I, they, they're just, they sell a lot of exciting things. It's like a candy store for me. <laughs> they I have just, pretty much everything. I mean, they have everything from TVs to washers to clearance DVDs to who knows what. We actually bought our current TV that we're using right now as an open box <sighs> there, and we didn't even know that we were going to get it when we walked in. Here we are. Yeah, I mean... We were kind of looking for a TV, like we knew we were probably going to buy one in the next day or two, but we just kind of walked in and was like, okay, well, there's all of our options, and I'm just kind of standing there, and they've got a whole bunch of them in front of the counter. Oh, that's your shot. Oh, okay. Um, wow, I got a birdie on that. I thought that was par. Um, but no, they were... Uh, they were just sitting there in front of the counter, just a whole bunch of them stacked up, and the boxes were just open. And there was one that we were looking at brand new on the wall, and they had it in a box, and it was extremely cheap. And didn't you mention you wanted to get a new TV with the new government stimulus that's coming out? Yeah, then uh, I probably should be saving the money, but I have this... I have this burning desire. <laughs> burning desire to yeah, get a new TV. It's, it's a burning desire to get a new TV. I want a bigger one and a better one. It's. I keep telling myself it's because I'm going to watch more movies. And like the darker movies don't look as good on this TV. Because it just it doesn't show dark tones as well. So I need to fix that. I used to be a big movie watcher. I'm not anymore. Well, this quarantine's about to turn us into big movie watchers. Yes, it is. If it lasts much longer, and I'm scared it's going to. What day are we on now? Like, day 9 or 10? I'm on day 9. You've been in quarantine a lot longer than I have. Because, remember, we were considered essential. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I am a band director, so before all the quarantine stuff happened, I was on spring break anyway. So I was just home. And uh, Kerbo is a graphic designer. And for some reason, they were considered essential for a little bit longer than everybody else. So he still had to go to work physically for a little bit longer. We're still technically considered essential, actually. Really? Yeah, They there was actually some sort of appeal that went through like the federal court that, uh, that deemed us essential to the communication of certain companies um because they uh because we provide like signage and informational graphics that you know for instance like hospitals they're uh they're just um you know they're they're getting this influx of patients and they need some way to tell people like hey you know if you have covid symptoms like don't come in or go over here or something like that so it's like they're considering us important Oh, yeah, yeah, you did tell me about that. I mean, when it's worded like that, you definitely are essential because you can go to so many different businesses and things like that. Exactly. All right, so that was our ninth hole, which means, ladies and gentlemen, we are here for the ninth hole stretch. Quick, off the top of your head, three things, anything, go. Uh, motorcycle, uh, apple, uh, sunglasses. Wow, that was terrible. Butter, <laughs> toast, eggs. See, I'm in the mood for breakfast. That's all I'm saying. 
if I was if I was supposed to go for a theme, I would have done that. Because that just shows how all over the place my brain can be sometimes. Oh, that is oh. the worst shot I could have ever made. I am in the middle of a tree. You're never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> uh, Joe Exotic. Tiger King. You know, I really love oh, how... I the same tree. I really love how all of these like streaming services are like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna release this stuff like uh, Disney Plus released Frozen too early and stuff like that. Netflix just sits back and goes, hold my beer, <laughs> <laughs> like let me let me teach you about Tiger King. <laughs> See, Tiger King, we I binged it in like one day because me and Kerbo were both from Oklahoma, so like it hit home very much because I knew exactly the area where everything was. I recognized a lot of the buildings when they showed like the city and stuff. It was very eerie slash odd to see you pretty much your home home state be portrayed in such a weird way. And Kerbo, you actually like you're actually kind of connected to the zoo that Joe Exotic had, right? Um, I as much as I don't like to admit it, I was very connected to that. So, like I said, my grandparents lived down in Sulphur which is very close to Winniewood. Um, and it's actually like a 15-minute drive, maybe, oh, if that's that. that's really close. I didn't realize how close it was. Yeah, and so I actually grew up like going to the GW Exotic Zoo because it was just something to do around there. Um, and we didn't really think anything of it. I mean, we knew the guy that ran it was weird, and we knew that, like, he was, you know, he was a little out there. But we didn't think it was to the extent that it was. And so there was actually a time that I recall, um, I was actually in his living room playing with tiger cubs. I mean, okay, that sounds, like, really bad. My mom was there. It was, <laughs> it was like a, it was like a guided tour thing. And, um... Uh, they they had like a a whole bunch of newborn tiger cubs and the cat's playing with a mouse toy it has a squeaker in it yeah like i said bear with us we have pets and we're in a small house so there's no telling what you're going to hear in the background <laughs> but we uh we make the best of of what we got but no we we had no idea that joe exotic was as exotic <laughs> as he came off to be. Um, I, I was very shocked when I saw the documentary and realized that, oh, sh I've actually been, like, in close contact with a really, like, sketchy dude. Like, I didn't realize there was so much meth involved. <laughs> Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed, just how, like, messed up and, like, chaotic everything was there. Like, I always knew that that place was kind of weird, but I never personally went there, so everything I saw was pretty much brand new. So when you <laughs> said that you were connected to it and you had a, you know, a whole new perspective, I was like, oh, I need to hear about this. Yeah. But, um, in middle school, uh, there was a place that's somewhat similar like that, but it was more of a normal place we went to called uh, the Arbuckle Wilderness. Oh, uh, yeah. Park, did you ever go there? Yep, I've been there before. Nice. They have like a safari and uh, like a go-kart thing and everything. Uh, 
Does the GW Zoo have anything like that? Like a safari or like go-karts? No, it's it's a really small place. Like you can tell it's not like a professional zoo. But <laughs> it's also done up like just enough to where it passes as like a small town zoo. That's so, definitely what it was. Winniewood is a very small place, and if you've watched the show, you definitely know that. Yeah. So it's like it like you just you knew you weren't in like a normal place but because everything appeared normal on the surface you didn't really think about anything but then the fact they had that one scene where he just came in and said all right ladies and gentlemen i'm just gonna tell you before you hear it on the news a tiger bit off somebody's arm uh we'll give you a refund or a rain check or whatever you want I was amazed on how calm he was about that. He's just like, okay, here's what's happening. Get out. Here's your money back. Did you notice that he put on like an EMT bomber I was jacket? just about to say that. <laughs> Playing the role of EMTs right there. Joe Exotic wears many hats. First thing he does when one of his employees gets their arm bitten off is puts on an EMT jacket and plays the role of a paramedic. Uh, he didn't like do medical care to her like during it, did she? Or did he? He like advised oh, certain medical care to like I think I don't know I might be wrong, but like I know he definitely tried to like step in and do whatever he needed to do because he was like over here uh, talking to the uh, to the employee being like you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay just take some deep breaths stay with me like. He he took charge. Yeah, he did. And she continued to work there after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's she still continued to work there. Said it didn't really even bother, which I find amazing cuz tiger bites off my arm. I'm I'm going to be in a world of panic. Oh yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do if I lost an arm, especially if it was my left arm cuz I'm so heavily left-handed that if that were to happen to me, I wouldn't know how to function. Yeah. So the fact that she went back like a week or two later and continued to work at the same place where she had the injury, it's insane. Now, Carol Baskin. That <laughs> bitch, Carol Baskin. Ooh. Now, I, I, think, uh, I think Carol Baskin memes are like my new favorite thing. I have, oh, that was another terrible shot. That looks like one of my shots in real life. <laughs> Out of bounds. Great. Well, let's try it again. You have Carol Baskin memes like on your computer as like a saved fo- uh, folder, don't you? I do. I have a meme folder on my computer that I share with people in uh, in Discord. I've actually got the memes like organized out by different categories. You do? Of, yeah. Instead of just having like a massive dump pile of memes, I'm trying to like semi-organize them. So that way, like, if we're in the middle of a conversation and something comes up, I can be like, oh, wait, I've got a meme for that. <laughs> and then just go post it in the Discord and see what happens. So it's like Apple. There's an app for that. There's a meme for that. Yeah, that's... My goal is to eventually be, like, a jukebox of memes. No, the first thing I noticed about, like, the way that she ran her park, she, uh, like, claimed it as, like, the sanctuary for all these cats. But the shots they kept on showing of it, like, it seemed like the exact same place that Joe Exotic and the other guy, Joe Antley, or whatever his name was. Like, it seemed like 
her place was not any better than what they had, which yeah. made no sense to me at all. Yeah, that's the thing I couldn't figure out because she was always talking about how Joe Exotic is so bad for keeping these cats in captivity and stuff like that, but yet she literally has cats in captivity. I mean, I know she claims that it's a sanctuary for like cats that can't be released back into the wild and stuff like that, but I don't know. Her argument is just... It doesn't make sense to me. And then the whole, uh, well, if you want a tiger to eat a human, you're going to have to cover it in, like, sardine oil or something like that. Yeah, I didn't catch that the first time when I was watching it. And then someone posted a meme about it. I'm like, oh, my God, she did say that, didn't she? Yep, she definitely did. If, like, she was basically, in my opinion, she was incriminating herself oh, by yeah. saying that. Like, you can't just make something up like that. You have to experience that first. Yeah. And, you know, that just showed that she's probably, allegedly, guilty. And there's just a bunch of other things, like the meat grinder or the septic tank. Like You, you saw where, uh, where Florida police actually reopened the cold case of Don Lewis's disappearance. I did, which I'm not surprised at all. Because when something like that gets that much national attention, you have to look at it again. I was reading a thing where... It basically, uh, the the police said, well, because the show has gained so much popularity and because everybody is, like, losing their minds over it, we figured now's a good chance to open it up for any leads because more people are aware of the situation than ever before. And it's on everybody's minds, so, like, that might bring back memories of people that might have known something. Uh, I'd, I'll be, I'll be thrilled to know in if I see a news article that says she's been arrested in his appearance. I'll be like, I knew it. Uh, now she claimed that he just went to like Costa Rica or something, right? I believe so. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I don't know that a lot of that documentary turned into a blur because, um. There was just, it, it never stopped. No. There like, was just so much information. Every single episode, the the crapshoot just got worse and worse and worse into this giant spiral of just terrible things, which I think that's the reason I kept on watching. It's like, I can't stop here. I have to know what happens next. I think that's why all of America keeps watching. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's a never-ending... <laughs> of information and uh if i remember right from the end of the show they're like rebuilding the gw zoo aren't they like near windstar casino they supposedly are redoing it i i think something like shut it down or like they ran out of funding or something oh like that. it's because jeff Lowe ran out of money i think is what the other guy said i yeah. forgot his name but my mom my mom actually knows jeff Lowe, kind of like, she worked at uh, the vet clinic in Norman, and it, that was the closest place to the GW Zoo that um, that would see any type of exotic animals. I mean, they're like a full-fledged animal hospital. Yeah. And she sent me a picture one day of her holding a liger cub, and I'm over here like, where... Where did that come from? You know, 
and she goes it's from the gw exotic zoo now this was before like the documentary came out so we all still had this semi-normal idea of that place like we didn't realize it was as bad as it was so we thought oh this is cool like the owner of the zoo is bringing his uh his tigers in to get taken care of and stuff like that i don't think i could have gotten any closer to the hole on my first shot yeah that was a super good shot that was he got it about what four or five feet (laughs) yeah that that was a beautiful shot Okay, I have to know something though. You said your um, mom like saw those animals come through. That wasn't during normal business hours, was it? No, 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 no. That it, that always happened outside of normal business hours. Okay, good. Because I can't imagine being like a normal customer and then like a tiger <laughs> comes through the door. Yeah. I would freak out. Yeah, no, they definitely would not do that. Well, are were there like other zoos and stuff that would bring their things to that vet or I? Honestly, I I don't know. I mean, I'm, the OKC Zoo probably didn't. They probably have on-site veterinarians. Birdie, nice. Man, I am crushing you. Tonight. Yeah, you are. <laughs> like he's been beating me in this game for like a straight or a straight week now, pretty much. Like he's beat me by at least like two or three shots. Five over. <laughs> you are five over. Oh my gosh, Aaron. So if you don't know much about golf, uh, being over par is what you do not want to do. Par means like you're doing the exact number of shots that you should be doing, and I'm five over that, and Kerbo, I think, is one under that. So he's doing much better than I am. I got about four holes here. I think three, four. We're on 15. Okay, 15, 16, 16, 17, 18. Four. We... Common core education, ladies and gentlemen, at its finest. I still have to count on my fingers. I literally just did count on my fingers. Yeah. I teach bands, not math, so I only have to count to four. Some could argue that band is math. It is in a lot of ways. I mean, the way you have to, like, the way that, like, the the beats go and, like, the time signatures and, like, there's, there's a lot of numbers involved. Yeah. It's not, like, straight up number math, but, like... There's a lot of like different, you know, numbers of beats you have to put together and things like that. Um, some sometimes we call the different rhythms like band math or something like that. So I could definitely see that. It's uh, I've been doing it so long I don't even really think of it as math anymore. It's almost like another language. Well, yeah, I mean you literally teach band, so that's true. <laughs> I would hope it's second nature by yeah, now. Yeah, I would really hope so. <laughs> Now, if you were to play another band instrument besides saxophone, what would you want to do? Like, if you were to restart your career and pick something else. I've thought about this a lot because I really wanted to do drum corps. Like, drum corps was something I really wanted to do, but I played a woodwind instrument. So, I I kept telling myself, I'm going to learn another instrument so I can do drum corps. And I think... I think I decided that I was going to try and do mellow. Mellophone? Yeah. That's the marching version of the French horn. So, I I don't know. I I really like the parts that mellows have. Uh But yeah, I I think mellow is what I is what I would do. I 
I, I would have been terrified to do mellow and pride though because the pride mellows are terrifying shout out to the pride of oklahoma <laughs> yeah yeah both alumni of pride now if i were to pick something else it would probably be percussion just because like uh going through all of my music education classes there's the one that i enjoyed the most like learning a secondary instrument for uh, there was a class where we had to pretend to be like middle school musicians, like beginners pretty much, and I got put on percussion, and I actually like really enjoyed myself. Plus, there's just like a million different instruments you can play, so if you have a good part, you might be switching around to like four or five different things in a different piece. Right. But if I were to do drum corps with that, that would be insane, because the drum lines in drum corps, which is pretty much professional marching band if you don't know what it is... Um, but you still have to pay to do it, which is literally the opposite of professional, but it's yeah, professional ain't, level. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> like, we call it professional marching band, because it is, as far as the level, but they don't pay you. You pay them. It's like, yeah, I'm good. I, I want to be in I want to be in your core. Here's five thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like to a to a person that's not familiar with the activity, that just may seem really backwards. Yeah, I try and explain that to people who don't understand drum corps, and they're like, "Wait, so it's professional marching band, but you have to pay them?" I'm like, "Yeah," and that's that's perfectly normal. <laughs> it's because the different cores, the different performing groups, they have to, you know, they have a bunch of different like transportation fees and food fees and you know getting new instruments and stuff so it all it all makes sense in the ends but when you just initially hear yeah you have to pay to do it but it's professional it's like wait a second yeah it what people don't realize is that you're literally having to feed and house like an army a small army now they're not staying in hotels though they stay in like gym floors and like different high schools and things pretty much until the end of the season I've seen a couple cores that get like a night in a hotel at the very end of the season, but most of the time they're you know sleeping on gym floors and sleeping bags and different things like that, just because they like the activity so much that they're willing to do that sort of thing to keep on doing it. Right. Um, I actually tried out for a core back in 2015. Um, yeah, wasn't it the Blue Knights? Yeah, it was the Blue Knights. They're based in uh, Denver, Colorado, but they had a. Uh, audition camp that was like a one-day camp usually they're three days but um i went to that it was down they had one down in dallas like an uh for the audition and i actually got a call back um after that camp but i had summer classes that i had to do to stay on track for my degree so i opted to do those in the summer because i was like almost behind instead of doing drum corps which right i don't know which one was the right decision looking back but I don't know. I feel like I'm a better drum corps fan than I would have been a member. I don't know if I would have survived the tour. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I feel, too. I mean, looking back on it, yeah, marching band was my thing, and I really enjoyed every aspect of marching band, so why would I not enjoy doing the professional version? But I don't know. There's something about it that I feel like I just wouldn't have fit in. Like... The idea of sleeping on gym floors and on a bus and like oh yeah you're on like a charter bus pretty much the entire time they're not getting lugged around in limousines or anything like that yeah and i i just i can't sleep on buses and i can't sleep on like hard surfaces now when we did pride we had to do a lot of sleeping on buses but not as much as 
drum corps. And I very rarely slept on those bus trips. Oh, I didn't either. I did. Sometimes I had to, like, lay in the floor, and I had to, like, put as much, like, padding down as possible, like, bring a blanket or whatever. Right. And it was still, like, I barely slept, but, you know, I had to because I was exhausted. I, I don't know. I've just, I've always been the type of person that I have to... Um, I have to have like a soft surface to lay on or else I can't sleep. Right. Like my back is too jacked up and I blame all the years of playing saxophone. And so it was my <laughs> chiropractor. Oh, because of like having to march around with the neck strap and everything. Yep. The neck strap, uh, messed up my posture really bad. My chiropractor says I have a very bad, like forward leaning posture doesn't help that I'm a graphic designer and I sit at a computer eight hours a day. That's very That true. definitely doesn't help either. But the thing that really got me was, was it 12 years? Three years of middle school, five years of high school. I mean, four years. <laughs> five years? I sure hope not it was five years. <laughs> I was wondering if you were paying attention. I'm a 12th year senior. Uh. <laughs> um. But no, uh, so that's seven years, and then I did do five years. Well, te- I have five seasons uh, at OU. So seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's twelve. Yeah, twelve years. Twelve years of playing saxophone uh, really did its toll on my neck and my back. So. Luckily, my chiropractor is nice to me, and he only charges me $25 a visit. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it's because he has this, uh, he has this, like, special program thing for people whose insurance doesn't help with chiropractors, because mine sure as hell doesn't. (laughs) And it's stupid. They want me to pay, like, a $6,000 deductible before. $6,000? Yeah. For a chiropractor. Wow. That is insane. How the crap am I going to rack up a $6,000 bill at a chiropractor before they'll even start, like, letting me pay a copay? That was a really nice birdie. I didn't think that was going to go in. Yeah, the shot, like, it almost didn't go in the hole. It was almost too short, but it went in at the last second. No, but I can't imagine a $6,000 deductible. You'd have to do, like, a lot of Lyft or Uber to get that. That's, uh... That's private health care in America, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I haven't actually... I've had benefits of oh. my job since I started. This is my middle of my second year yeah. of teaching. I still haven't used my health benefits. I need to do that. I still haven't used mine either. I'm. That should be a summer goal of ours. Yeah. To, to go to the doctor. It's going to be like pulling teeth trying to get my parents to let me go. Like, Are they, you still on their insurance? I'm stuff? still on their insurance and... I keep being like, guys, I can get my own insurance now for free through my work. Like, oh, no, it's probably not going to be that good of an insurance. You you should probably just stay on ours while you can because it doesn't cost us any extra to keep you on our plan. But I, I'm a, I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> I live in my own house and pay my own bills. Like, why do I still want to be on my parents' insurance? I have no idea. I don't <laughs> like, have an answer for you. Like, I don't understand. Is this our last hole? This is our last hole. We're going to have to... We're closing in on our time today, unfortunately. Yeah, we're going to have to start wrapping it up. 
Now, I'm pretty sure you're still like three or four shots ahead of me, so I'm pretty, he's, Kerbo's pretty much got it wrapped up in the bag. In yeah, the bag. Yeah, you're definitely like four shots ahead of me. In the bag, around town, down the waterfall, through the, through the bridge. To grandmother's, uh, to, to grandmother's house we go. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Oh, dang. My condolences. You're going to end up in the bunker. Nope. Clear oh, the no, bunker. you're not. <laughs> Fooled you. So before we go, what's your over-under prediction on how long the golf course is going to be closed? I thought you were going to say over-under on how long the, uh, the corona was going to be a problem. That, too. <laughs> But I guess it's kind of the same question. Pretty much, yeah. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, they've extended all of the like social distancing protocols and stuff until the end of April. Is that for the whole state? That's or... for the entire nation. The enti- oh, the entire yeah, nation. Yeah, Trump's the one that did that. Okay. I've um, been I've been trying to keep track of all this stuff, but it's all blending together at there, this point. There have been some things that I've seen that are saying Oklahoma is supposedly the next hotspot for the major outbreak. There's only one Oklahoma. Yeah, we're doing fantastic. You just missed a great opportunity to say we're doing fine, Oklahoma. You're doing fine, <laughs> Oklahoma. Oh my gosh, oh. I just made that two under tweet tweet. So Kerbo is now done with his round. <laughs> I just um, sunk that. What was that, like a 30-something foot putt? Probably like 40 feet. I have this really 40-foot putt as well. I'm probably not going to make this, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm pretty sure our state is like the hot spot for the virus in the nation, unfortunately. It's because nobody understands social distancing in this state. No. Like, they people are still flooding Walmart like it's nothing. Now, like, if you are going to go to the store, go when no one else is going to be there. Because when it's packed, it's packed in there. That's why I always like, I always like the idea of Crest around here. It's, it's, a, it's a local grocery a store. A local grocery store. They're open 24-7, 365. Like, they never close. No. And it's great because you can go in at random times and get groceries and not have to deal with the chaos of people. But... Well, I think that kind of brings us to the end of our pilot episode. I mean, it. I think it's is we're we're on the right page here. I think I think we got something going. Yeah, I think so. So hopefully uh, you'll come back for the second episode. Um, we're gonna try to put this out what like once a week now. We're gonna try and do once a week. Okay. Uh, we may not be able to at times because we both have pretty busy schedules but now that the rona is a thing um we got nothing else to do so y'all may get a wave of episodes over the next few weeks but if it becomes a weekly thing it'll probably be on thursdays because that's pretty much my most open day of the week um kerbo has a pretty consistent schedule but since i'm a teacher it's all over the place when school is normal so Look for us out on Thursdays. Uh, Hopefully we have you back for the second episode. And have a good rest of your week. Peace out.